The Game, the podcast where I read the Legacies rulebook because you don't want to. I'm Anna McDermott, the sweet, sweet voice you're about to listen to far too much of. Veritopathy listeners, this is hyper-specific to my live-action role-playing game, and it will bore you to tears, so I promise to make real content for you soon. Legacies listeners, with our recent update to the rule system, I feel like it's going to be most critical to release Chapter 2 as quickly as possible, because that's where a lot of the meat and potatoes are at. So structurally, we'll be dialing back the commentary and editing less so that you get the stuff faster. So forgive some sound issues and stumbling if there is some, but uh, speed uber there. In this segment, we will be covering the introduction of chapter two, starting on page 12, through races to page 19, stopping just before race traits. Thank you for listening. Chapter 2, Characters. The characters that people seem to enjoy playing most at Legacies are those that are more than the summation of the skills on a character card. Live-action role-playing is more than just a sport where players try to win via a well-thought-out skill set. It is about assuming the identity of a character within the game world and helping live out the imaginary life of that character. Players who play a character card often seem to have less enjoyment out of the game as they are assuming the role of a very shallow character with very little identity. Rather, players who begin by determining some degree of identity for the character they wish to play, and from there determining what skills and equipment fit the character, seem to develop the more enjoyable and enduring characters. This chapter details both the specific steps of creating a character card and gives suggestions for on how a player might formulate a greater identity for their characters. The ordering of this chapter is not meant to dictate the order by which players go about creating characters. Each player goes through a different ordering of steps to ultimately arrive at their final character. Some players may sit down with the rulebook first and pick skills and abilities for their character and then decide what sort of history would be necessary for their character to have developed those skills. Other players will save the building the character card until the very last step and instead decide on how the complete history of their character and the identity that would result from that history before finally deciding which skills and abilities fit. Several players tend to have a more organic approach where they begin with a very rough idea of what type of character they want to take, want to play, a loose history, and adapt and adjust both while actually building their character. What type of character to play? There are two general routes that players most often follow when deciding what type of character they wish to play. Some players first decide what they want their characters to be able to do, the basic set of skills they want their character to have in-game, and from there create an identity for their character and their character's racial abilities. The other common route is to decide who their character is, the high-level identity of the character, and then figure out what skills make the most sense given that identity. Neither way is more correct than the other, and each will lead itself to a player who thinks in different manners. Appendix 1, Character Templates, has some simple character templates for players who are initially overwhelmed by the process. Uh, formatting note here, or a grammar note, that should be lend itself to players who think in different manners, so... Uh, Dan K, that's uh, up to you. Anyway, uh, subsection, looking for character inspiration. The initial seeds that ultimately grow into the form of a character can come from multiple places and will revolve around the question, what sort of character do I want to play? The answer to this question can start with something very generic, like I want to play a fighter, or more specific, 
I want to play a primitive felony warrior from an environment similar to the African bush. Players may be reading through this book and deciding that a particular race or culture would be interesting to play, or one of the in-game organizations described on the Legacies website may be particularly appealing. Alternately, as many of the cultures in the Legacies game world have rough analogs that once existed in the real world, players may find a particular concept for their character from our own history. If a player has no idea what sort of character to make, a good starting place is to read up on real-world professions from past points in history throughout the world, looking at the details that make up those professions and asking themselves if that sounds like an appealing sort of life to play out at Legacies. Another starting point is the list of skills in the game. Melee fighting may seem fun, the magic system might interest players. A character concept can be built around these skills by asking particular questions. For example, what sort of character would possess these skills? How would the character have learned them? What sort of life would the character live if they relied on these skills for a living? The next section, Building the Character, goes into detail concerning the choice of skills for a character. Getting Inspiration from Outside Media it is common for players to decide on an initial character concept after having been exposed to a particular piece of media, whether it's a television show, movie, video, or computer game, anime, or novel. The actual source of inspiration for the character concept can be quite varied. It might be the setting, profession of a certain character, particular theology or belief, a backstory for one of the characters, or the particular style and behavior of a certain character. There is nothing wrong with getting a high-level concept of a character from another media, so long as it fits with the Legacy's game world. However, there are many pitfalls that develop when trying to pull in specifics. Players should keep in mind that they must fit their character to the game world of Legacies rather than force Legacies to change to fit their character concept. Specifics from other media often do not fit well with, le with Legacies. For example, wanting a particular backstory for a character that mimics that of some well-liked characters in a fantasy novel isn't feasible if it relies on elements not in Legacy's game world. By the same note, if a particular concept requires some game effect or ability that isn't available at Legacies, or is infeasible for a starting character, that concept would also be a poor fit. Players should keep in mind whether an idea from a different media is compatible with Legacies. LARP is a social experience, and a large part of Legacies is interacting with other Legacies characters. Part of what makes live-action role-playing work is creating an immersive experience that gives the illusion of living within the particular game world. Most players don't want to interact with characters from popular anime or video games, but rather characters from Legacies. They certainly don't want to interact with a poor copy of Captain Jack Sparrow or Drizzt the Drow, because neither of those are Legacies characters. Building the Character Character creation is the process of conceiving an alternate persona to play at Legacies, the Player Character, or PC. There are two distinct stages of creating a player character, creating the character card, what the character can do, and deciding on the identity of the character, who the character is. Creating a character card revolves around making certain limited decisions, which of the player races to play, which skills to initially pick, what starting equipment to buy, and so forth, and is largely the scope of this book. Deciding on an identity for the character is much less structured and revolves around figuring out who the character is, what they believe, how they act in certain situations, and what sort of personality they have. The previous section touched on this latter aspect of building a character, as do many other sections of this book, as well as content on the Legacies website. There are seven basic steps that players typically follow for creating a character detailed below. There is no absolute order to these steps, but rather they are presented in the order most players tend to choose. 
Most players find it useful to have at least a broad idea of what type of character they intend to play before choosing a race and skill points, though other players find a race that they think would be particularly fun to play and use that as inspiration, or find a particular set of skills they think would be fun to have and build from there. The order is up to each player. Step 1. Create a character concept. A character concept is an idea of who and what a character is. For example, is the character a cowardly goblin thief, imposing canid warrior, or a dverg tavern keeper with a secret past? It can be very high level, example, aforementioned goblin thief, or very detailed, example, a goblin thief who grew up in the slums of Dover. She's very independent-minded and used to a self-sufficient lifestyle. While she makes a living as a thief, she's become quite the martial ruffian, having to defend her possessions from bigger street kids, and so is first in combat. If a player already has an idea of what sort of character to play, it can be very helpful in determining the race, racial abilities, and skills to choose for their character. Step 2. Pick a race. There are many different player races a player may choose for their character, each conferring special innate abilities called racial abilities, but also impose restrictions in the form of costume requirements necessary to identify the character as a member of that race. Players should make sure that they are comfortable with the costume requirements when choosing a particular race. Step 3. Pick Racial Abilities Each race has a number of racial abilities associated with them. After a player has chosen a race, they will have 15 racial points, or 16 for mongrel, to buy uses of racial abilities. Step 4. Buy Skills each player chooses certain occupational talents for their character, referred to as skills, which are purchased with skill points. The first character a player makes for Legacies begins with 100 skill points to spend, though they may choose not to spend all of it initially, saving the remainder to buy additional skills at a later date. Each subsequent character a player makes begins with 50 skill points, however, a player may spend favor to buy additional skill points at any time, including during character creation. Each skill requires an expenditure of a certain number of skill points, which are subtracted from the available pool of unspent skill points. Step 5. Buy Starting Equipment Completely new characters receive 1,000 copper pieces, or 10 gold, plus 10 copper, or 1 silver, per skill point on their character. For example, the typical 100 skill point character would receive a total of 2,000 copper, or 20 gold. That is 1,000 copper base plus 10 copper times 100 skill points. Using the starting equipment spreadsheet on the Legacies website link, players may spend the coin they start with to buy the beginning equipment their character needs. Players should keep in mind that if they can't get everything they want starting out, most items can be purchased in the course of play from other characters. Any coin the character has left over after purchasing starting equipment they can keep to use in-game. Players whose existing characters that are being rewritten into new characters have two options. First, they can turn in all of their current item tags to logistics and start with the starting coin as if they were a brand new character using whatever their current skill point total is to calculate their starting coin. This is the best option for characters with few possessions. Alternatively, the player can use two copies of the starting equipment spreadsheet. With one copy, they list all of their current possessions and get a coin value for what the items would cost, and then turn in all of their items. With the second spreadsheet, they then spend the coin total from the first spreadsheet on new items. 
This is often the best option for existing characters with a lot of possessions and allows them to convert their in-game wealth of their current character into wealth for the new character they are making. Step 6. Optional. Spend Favor. Favor is a currency rewarded to players in service of the game. When a player spends some of the event NPCing or serving as a referee, or makes donations to the game or other helpful tasks, they receive an amount of favor as a reward. This currency is attached to the player rather than their characters, however it is spent mostly for perks for particular characters. These perks can be purchased at character creation or at any point thereafter. New players begin their first game with 250 favor that they can gain so that they can gain some of these initial perks with their first character. At character creation, favor may be spent in the following ways. To purchase additional skill points. The cost to buy additional skill points is proportional to how many skill points the character already has, getting progressively more expensive as the character advances. Progression chart under character advancement lists the exchange rate of favor to skill points. To purchase additional starting equipment. Favor can be exchanged at a rate of one favor for two copper, which can in turn be used to buy more starting equipment, or simply as coin. Characters may gain no more than 200 gold this way, or 20,000 copper. To purchase a contact. The system and cost for contexts is in Last Considerations for the Character, later in this chapter. Human characters receive the racial trait Connections, which grants 300 favor exclusively for the purchase of contacts for that character. Step 7. Finalize character. After Pardon me. After purchasing racial abilities and skills, the last finishing touches for the character card involve tallying up the character's body, vala, and production totals. Players are not required to do this, as the values will be automatically generated when Logistics prints the character card for players at event sign-in. However, if a player wishes to know these values in advance, they are calculated in the following manner. Body. All characters start at 50 body. They will gain additional body for the racial ability Constitution, each purchase of the skill Toughness, and having the skills Stalwart and Hardened Stalwart. To arrive at the final total, the player should tally up all of the body gained from those special skills and abilities that they have purchased, and add that to the beginning 50 that they start with. Vala. Characters do not receive any starting Vala, and only gain Vala through the purchases of skills and racial abilities. The racial ability Draconic Lineage grants Vala, as does the skill Innate Talent, and each purchase of the skill Reserve. To arrive at the final Vala total, the character should tally up all of the Vala gained for each of those spells, skills, uh, pardon me, skills and abilities purchased. Smith Production Characters gain Smith Production for each purchase of the skill Smith, as well as for having the skills Master Smith and Metallurgist. To arrive at the final Smith Production total, the character should tally up all of the production gained for each of the skills purchased. Additionally, each purchase of the racial ability Industrious grants bonus production, However, that should be tracked separately as the player may decide each event whether they wish to spend that bonus production for smith or alchemical items, or in conjunction with the skills Spellwright or Illuminator. Alchemist Production Characters gain alchemy production for each purchase of the skill Alchemist, as well as for having the skills Master Alchemist and Philosopher. To arrive at the final alchemy production total, the character should tally up all of the production gained for each of those skills purchased. 
Additionally, each purchase of the racial ability Industrious grants bonus production. However, that should be tracked separately as the player may decide each event whether they wish to spend their bonus production for smith or alchemical items, or in conjunction with the skills Spellrite or Illuminator. Races. The game world of Legacies is filled with a menagerie of fantastical creatures, many of them intelligent in the same sense that humans in the real world are. Each type of intelligent creature is referred to as a race, though the term is used to denote a species rather than to distinguish being between groups within a species as we do in the real world to describe people from different geographic regions with distinctive traits. The term player races is often used to denote the subset of races a player may choose from to make their character. Each player race conveys certain beneficial innate abilities, referred to as racial abilities, and additionally stipulates certain costume requirements to identify the character as a member of that specific race. Additionally, the Legacies website describes cultures, customs, and views unique to each player race should the character be raised in the cultural homeland of that race. It also details the cultures and customs of various nations should a character be raised outside of their race's homeland. If players choose, they may have their character adopt those cultural specifics. However, the choice of player race is not intended to force players to play their character in a certain manner. If they wish to forego incorporating the cultural specifics of a race into their character, that's the player's prerogative. Significant new cultural elements outside of the existing material describing game cultures need the approval of a character referee described later in this book prior to being introduced in-game. There are many factors a player should consider when choosing what race and racial ability they want for their character. Some of the considerations are entirely practical. Players should carefully consider whether the racial makeup and costuming requirements for the races are something they wish to deal with. Some races require extensive use of costuming makeup, for example. Players wishing to play Indrani must paint their, the bare minimum of the entirety of their face and neck purple. Uh, editors note that that does not say purple, but it is supposed to be purple. That's page 14. So, uh, and ideally, all of their exposed skin should be colored. Uh, other races require prosthetics or partial or full masks, all of which can be cumbersome and very warm. Before any player chooses a race, they should carefully consider whether they would be comfortable with the costuming requirements the entire time they play their character. Other considerations that should be taken into account when players choose a race are various ways that race will influence their in-game interactions and the identity of their character. Each race has a particular culture which can heavily influence characters raised in the traditional manner of their race. For characters raised in the culture of a specific land or nation rather than in the traditional culture of their race, the views and prejudices of that land towards the race can heavily influence the life of any member of the race raised in that land. Some races have a particular stigma attached to them, and while in general the population of Fortnite, where the game takes place, are rather egalitarian in their views towards different races, this is not universally true amongst all the characters in play. This social stigma can make certain races challenging for newer players. Player Character Race List the races available to player characters are Barbarian, Canid, Dampari, Dragoon, Dverg, Indrani, Felinae, Galebra, Goblin or Half-Goblin, Half-Fae, Human, Mongrel, Ogre or Half-Ogre, Orc or Half-Orc, Palateth, Telgranis, and Trandafir. Player Race Descriptions The descriptions are presented in the following format. Race Name the most common label the race is referred to by, which may or may not be what that race itself prefers to be called. For example, few barbarians or mongrels actually prefer to be called by either label. 
description. A short synopsis of the race to acclimate players. Far more in-depth descriptions are present on the Legacy's website. Any culture discussed is not universal to the race, but simply a description of the culture of their homeland. Costume requirements. The basic physical representations that a player must incorporate into their costume to represent a member of that race. New players have three events to meet these requirements, after which point they will no longer be allowed to use their racial abilities of that race and may eventually be switched to a human if they continue to not meet costuming requirements. Existing players making new characters will not be allowed to play the character until they fulfill the costume requirements. Barbarian Description The term barbarian is typically used as a slur to describe any people a particular culture considers primitive. When Legacies refers to barbarians, it is not referring to the slur, but rather to the specific race known as barbarians, composed of any cultures of human that descent that share certain characteristics. Barbarians live in tribes or clans instead of forming large towns, cities, or complex polities. They tend to be martially focused, independent-minded, and often have blunt and uncompromising values. All human cultures have their roots in barbarian cultures, which have become settled by agriculture and economic development, but there are some very large and persistent barbarian cultures that remain prominent in the world. Note, the barbarian Trandafir races are unique in that they differ from another race, human, only by the culture they were raised in. While there is a hereditary propensity for their racial abilities, it is the culture of the character's childhood that gives rise to the actual development of the racial abilities. It is only the culture that defines the race, and players wishing to play a character born to either barbarian or Trandafir people, but then raised and adopting a different culture, should play a human. Likewise, a human child raised and adopted by either barbarian or Trandafir culture should play one of those two races. Costuming Requirements Barbarians must have totemic or runic drawings or symbols across their face. Available racial abilities, wrath, recovery, sense deception. Canid Description Canids are sapient bipedal canines who typically shun the trappings of society to travel in primitive semi-nomadic packs in unsettled lands. The degree of primitiveness depends on how much contact the canids have with more civilized people. In very remote locations, some packs are completely feral, whose language is little better than growls, barks, and howls one would associate with their four-legged brethren, and without even primitive tools. However, the majority of canids have had enough exposure to other races to have adopted a semblance of the local language, adopting the use of tools and fire, and engaging in trade or territorial conflict like neighbors. There are a variety of common subtypes of canid, including lupus, wolf-like, vulpus, fox-like, and canos, dog-like. Costuming Requirements Canids must wear makeup or prosthetics that make them appear canine. Full head masks are recommended, but not required. Available Racial Abilities Pack Sense, Provoke, and Sense Deception Dampari Description The Dampari are an uncanny and disturbing race made up of the once-dead from other player character races. Most Dampari never tasted life to begin with, either being stillborn or dying in early infancy. Others have returned from beyond the grave after mysterious circumstances returned them from the Sundered Lands. No one remembers time spent in the Sundered Lands, and Dampari seldom remember anything about the first days of their new incarnation either. Belief systems vary on how this comes to pass, with the most common being a dire bargain made with Ravnos, usurper, usurper god of undeath forever waiting to manifest and turn them against their living peers. 
Dampari are shunned by most societies and treated with tremendous suspicion. Those who survived infancy in their first lives often bear scars of the wounds that killed them on their dead-seeming flesh, even if their Dampari body has come into existence at an age inconsistent with the age at which they were first killed. Special. A player character who has sundered may return as a Dampari. See Chapter 4, Life and Death. They may return three events after sundering and must come back within twelve events if they are to return at all. Players may also opt to make their character a Dampari at character creation with the implication that their character has sundered at some point in their history. Regardless of whether the Dampari is a new character or a previously played character that is sundered, they come with benefits and weaknesses distinct from other races. Every Dampari character receives one use of the racial ability Necromancy for free, without expending racial points, and may buy up to three additional uses with racial points. See racial abilities in the next section. They also may buy the racial abilities of their original race with racial points. Unlike other races, Dampari have been Dampari have the use of four different racial abilities, though one of them will always be necromancy. To balance this, Dampari characters do not ever have a white stone in their chance bag while resurrecting, but a blue stone instead. See chance bags in chapter three game mechanics. Other chance bags, divination, rituals, etc., are unaffected by this change. Additionally, a Dampari cannot be reincarnated through ritual magic after sundering as a Dampari, and may not come back as a Dampari a second time. If a Dampari sunders, that is the end of the road for them. Costuming Requirements All Dampari must wear grayish or grayish-blue makeup on all exposed skin. Dampari may appear to be undead versions of any PC race, and may have the makeup or prosthetics from that race, but their skin must be distinguishably grayish-blue to indicate the undead look. For races do, do not have visible skin under their fur or scales, scars and exposed bone can be added to the prosthetics to give the appropriate appearance. Available Abilities Necromancy and the Racial Abilities of Their Original Race Dragoon Description the Dragoons are a highly distrusted race of shapeshifters. While their innate form varies from being very draconic to humanoid with draconic features, few choose to remain in their natural shape for long. Instead, Dragoons use their unique racial ability to appear in the form of other player character races in order to avoid the distrust and suspicion that variability engenders. Able to change themselves quickly into a myriad of forms, they are desirable as con artists, manipulators, assassins, and spies. The morphic nature of the Dragoons extends to more than just their appearance. Individual Dragoons tend to be born among non-Dragoon cultures, most often to a Dragoon mother, although the blood can sometimes pass through a father's line as well, or even skip a generation and appear unexpectedly. Taught early to conceal themselves, they almost always live under the guise of a different race and do not have much of a unique racial identity themselves, except that of anxious secrecy. Costuming Requirements Dragoons must have scales represented on exposed body parts using either makeup or prosthetics. While they use their chameleon racial ability, dragoons must conform to the costuming requirements of the particular race whose form they have assumed. Moreover, while using the chameleon ability, they must carry a small eye mask with scales drawn, it, drawn on it in the event that they go to spirit and need to quickly represent dragoon costuming requirements. 
available racial abilities, draconic lineage, silver tongue, lucidity. Dverg. Description. The Dverg are an ancient race residing deep underground in mountain strongholds, mostly of the Dragonspine Mountains. A somber and stoic people, the Dverg are deeply isolationist, resistant to change, and devoted to tradition. Most Dverg will never need will never leave the shelter of their mountains to experience the outside world. The furthest they travel is through the tunnels that connect the three largest Dvergan kingdoms to visit kin. In their homelands, the culture is intensely focused on family values and deeply voted, devoted to craftsmanship, art, and engineering, having signature style and being known for the quality of their few exports. Dverg tend to be perceived as stubborn, rigid, and uncompromising, while also being tenacious, loyal, and creative. What few Dverg that do mingle with other races tend to be either outcasts or raised by a family that has long since left the mountains. Though most still retain at least some of the rigid traditions, love of craftsmanship, and devotion to family and forebearers. Costuming Requirements Dverg must have a line of small chevrons oriented up, advancing from the side of the neck up in front of the ears to the temple on both sides of the head. Available racial abilities, constitution, fortitude, and recovery. Indrani. Description. The Indrani are a purple-skinned race of she whose culture is defined by ruthless ambition. Indrani belong to one of the few truly matriarchal societies in the world. Lineage is traced through the mother, and women hold the most power. Men appear subservient and marginalized, with few property rights outside of their personal belongings and fewer societal rights. In the nations of Doomstadt and Kyrnos, however, where Indrani have ruled for centuries, it's clear that even a male Andrani has vastly more power or worth than any of the other races, who are kept under stern control by the ruling vast Andrani aristocracy. Andrani, in general, have a particular dislike for Trandafir, a race of people with a prominent presence in Doomstadt who are regarded as lawless interlopers and villainous schemers attempting to destroy Andrani society. Andrani found in other cultures tend to be either recent or ancestral outcasts. Costuming Requirements Indrani must wear purple makeup on all exposed skin as well as ear extensions and have a black house marking on their face. Contact GameWorld at LegaciesLARP.org for details on the Indrani houses. Available Racial Abilities Fear, Lucidity, Provoke Felinae Description The Felinae are bipedal sapient felines defined by their ability to adapt to whatever environment they find themselves. More than any other race, humans included, Felinae can make themselves at home in whatever culture and lands they are in, opting to embrace local customs rather than persistently hold on to their own. In their ancestral homelands, in the Catagonian forests, Kuatla forest in the native tongue of its inhabitants, along the southern border of Damascus, the Felinae live a savage, primitive lifestyle as the apex predators in the jungles, hunting all creatures for food, other player races included. Leaving the jungle, the predatory instincts quickly fall below the surface, and a displaced individual can adapt to such an extent as to become one of the most urbane personalities within a Malayan court. This level of cultural adaptability leads many felinae to travel among cultures, undaunted by societal differences, and felinae have spread to all corners of the known world, and moreover, their quick ability to embrace local culture has made them welcome in almost all lands. There are a variety of common subtypes of felinae, including kelican, resembling domestic cats, Swara, resembling mid-sized wildcats, and Khan, resembling great cats. Costuming Requirements All felinae must wear either a cat mask or cat-like makeup on their faces. 
Available Racial Abilities, Nine Lives, Fleetness, Lucidity. Gail Bra. Description. The Gale Bra are a race of she native to the lush forests of Sylvanator who have largely tried to maintain an isolated existence in harmony with nature. They tend to eschew advanced technology, whether it's material, magical, or civilizational. They live in relatively small, independent communities that are united as a nation only insofar as their enlightened, isolationist anarchy can be structured to interface with the political powers of the world. Gilbrock culture is mostly xenophobic, ludite, and deeply concerned with tradition. But more than any other race, the Gilbra have reached beyond their own society and integrated with the rest of the world. They're found throughout human nations, often making a place amongst the elite and integrating fully with their new homelands. Costuming Requirements Gilbra must wear a prosthetic ridged nose bridge or draw three horizontal lines across their nose. They must also wear prosthetic ear extensions. Available racial abilities, renewal, lucidity, and scourge. Goblin or half-goblin. Description. The goblins are not the most numerous of the various goblinoid races, or the strongest, or the most resilient. Coming from a land in which the only morality is survival, and in which every organism and the land itself is a threat to continued life, goblins have thrived despite their disadvantages through two means, cleverness and absolute ruthlessness. In the fractious small clans or tribes of the goblin wastes, individuals that are not quick of mind or have a soft heart do not tend to survive their peers to reach adulthood. But goblins are found throughout the world. This is not because of some inherent wanderlust, but because many cultures have seen fit to take them as slaves at some point in the past. Goblins, who have either broken free of slavery or whose ancestors have, tend to form tribes with other free goblins, as most every other people tend to shun them. These tribes are less cutthroat than those native to the wastes, as survival is less in doubt, even in the most hostile of other lands. Costuming Requirements Goblins require green makeup on all exposed skin, as well as green prosthetic pointed ears. Available racial abilities, mayhem, fleetness, scourge. half Fay. Description The half Fay are, just as the name implies, half fairy and half any other PC race. Such unions are often repugnant to the cultures of both parents, and the offspring may be treated poorly. As mortals, they tend to be unwelcome in fairy and may be mistreated if they spend any time there. In their other parents' world, they are signs of congress with the immortal and otherworldly, and with that parent may likewise be subject to difficulty. While not given the innate suspicion or hatred that dragoons receive, the half-fay tend to be seen as either untrustworthy or as flighty and foolish. This varies from place to place, and with the exact parentage involved, of course, but some degree of stigma is almost universal. Special. All half-fay characters must be approved by the character referee, GameWorld at LegaciesLARP.org, prior to play. Costuming Requirements Half-fay do not have common markings shared by all members of their race, but rather show some feature specific to their fay parent, for example, antlers from a Tuatha parent or wings from a pixie parent. The player must contact the character referee to get permission for their costuming proposal. Available racial abilities, glamour, silver tongue, fleetness. Human. Description. Humans can be found in nearly every land in all occupations amongst most of the other races. Humans are the majority race in almost every part of the world, and humans can claim more nations as their own than any other race by a long margin. This has created a far greater diversity of cultural identities for humans than for the other races, with the humans of Alba being culturally quite distinct from those of Shalkara, Damascus, or Thracia. 
with perhaps the exception of the Felinae, humans have proven themselves more adaptable and amenable to change than the other races. As a people, their economic output has been more prolific than the other races, and over generations, this has given human cultures a distinct advantage even in the face of the unique and sometimes potent abilities of other races. Costuming Requirements Human characters are distinguished by their lack of costuming requirements. Available racial abilities, adaptable, industrious. Mongrel. Description. Mongrels are not a race proper, but a catch-all to describe the oddities of the game world. This covers a wide range of characters, from blends of humans and animal characteristics, to golems and constructs, to magically or alchemically mutated versions of other races and creatures. With the exception of some minority races in the wastes that get classified as mongrels, most are not raised in a distinct culture and set of traditions that they can call their own, but are instead exotic outsiders, loners, or raised amongst another culture. Like half-fey, mongrels endure a varying degree of stigma and prejudice strongly based on their appearance, and have great difficulty rising in society. Special. All mongrel characters must be approved by the character referee, GameWorld at LegaciesLarp.org, prior to play. Costuming Requirements All mongrels must approve costuming and makeup through the character referee and must not look like or be too similar to existing requirements for other races. Available Racial Abilities Silvertongue, Fleetness, Fortitude, Lucidity, Provoke, Recovery, Scourge, Sense Deception. Ogre or Half-Ogre Description the ogres are a red-skinned goblinoid race native to the goblin wastes, renowned both for their strength and for their endurance to adversity. Unlike goblin and orc tribes, ogre bands are large and cohesive and tend to be located in permanent settlements called ogre mounds, with the largest nearly city-sized. These mounds are extremely territorial and expansionist. Cannibalism and slavery are both common practices amongst ogres, so it's not uncommon for those who do not fit in well to choose self-exile rather than run the risk of failing to live up to expectations. Lone ogres can be found throughout the world, often plying their exceptional strength in positions of manual labor. Ogres suffer from stereotypes about being innately uncivilized and unintelligent, and this stigma hinders their advancement amongst other cultures. Note that uh, innately is spelled innatively. Uh, that is on page 18. So, anyway. Uh, costuming requirements. Ogres and half-ogres must wear red facial paint over all exposed skin. Available racial abilities, strength, fortitude, recovery. Orc or half-orc. Description. Orcs are a tribal green-skinned goblinoid race from the goblin wastes. They tend to live in large semi-nomadic tribes that often depend on hunting and raiding for primary subsistence. They raid and war habitually, taking goods as well as slaves from amongst the other people of the wastes, including less ascendant orc tribes. Orc society is largely based on semi-meritocratic castes, with a common emphasis on and deference to martial prowess. Orcs tend to pride themselves on both boldness and endurance, and are considered by outsiders to be the smartest and most dangerous of the goblinoid races, in addition to being by far the most numerous. Costuming Requirements Orcs and half-orcs must wear green makeup or other green covering all exposed skin and must wear some form of war paint on their faces. Available racial abilities, warborn, provoke, fortitude. Palateth. Description. Palateth are the offspring of one of the she-races, 
Gael Bra and Drani or Telgranis, and another race, including a different she-race, or occasionally are the second generation of a Palateth parent. Palateth cannot be said to have distinct culture of their own, though most share some common bond feeling like they are half of two different cultures. In each of the she-homelands, Palateth face varying degrees of prejudice, and as such are much more likely to depart the lands of their birth than individuals of most any other race. Reaction is more varied in lands where the she-parent was the minority, and often the reaction will depend on what type of she they call parent. Costuming Requirements Palateth must wear prosthetic ear extensions as well as a triangular mark on the left side of their neck. The mark must be at least one inch on each side of the triangle. They may optionally also bear the markings of either parent race. Available Racial Abilities Annulment Lucidity Sense Deception Telgranis. Description. The Telgranis are a pale-skinned race of she from the lightless caverns and tunnels that make up the realm known as the Subtellarium. Telgranis are isolationist in the extreme, residing entirely removed from the surface world in cities and settlements accessed only by deep and dangerous passages beneath the region of western Eurus. Though their environment is extremely dangerous, the Telgranis have flourished as an extremely sophisticated and advanced culture known for gathering and hoarding knowledge about the greater world. It's not uncommon for young adult Chalgranis to spend time on the surface world to gather such intelligence, and this leads to a broad characterization of them as being spies, secretive, and untrustworthy. This stereotype is not helped by their characteristically soft voices and frequently furtive cultural mannerisms. Costuming Requirements Telgranis must wear pale face makeup on all exposed skin, as well as prosthetic ear extensions. Available racial abilities. Shadow cloak, lucidity, scourge. Trandafir. Description. The Trandafir are a nomadic people, trying to keep alive a cohesive set of traditions despite not having a permanent homeland. They live in small traveling bands throughout the world, often scapegoated as vagabonds and hoodlums. The result is that Trandafir turn inward for acceptance and comfort. Each member of the band is fiercely loyal to their band members and welcoming to outside Trandafir. Because Trandafir are travelers, they've reached many lands and adapted differently to where they might find themselves, but a number of strong traditions are consistent. Trandafir will have strict moral codes and social mores that apply within the band, and a certain lack of concern for the laws and mores of outsiders, which has led to misunderstanding and conflict. Most have strong traditions associated with family and children, and many will accept or be accused of abducting orphaned human children into the band. Trandafir usually have a particular dislike for the Indrani race. A great many Trandafir reside, in, reside inside the borders of Indrani-ruled nation of Doomstadt, and the two races have developed a uniquely persistent antipathy. Note. The barbarian and Trandafir races are unique in that they differ from another race, humans, only by the culture they were raised in. While there is a hereditary propensity for their racial abilities, it is the culture of the character's childhood that gives rise to the actual development of the racial abilities. It is only the culture that defines the race, and players wishing to play a character born either a barbarian or Trandafir people but raised and adopting a different culture should play human. Likewise, a human child raised and adopted by either a barbarian or Trandafir group should play one of those two races. Costuming Requirements Trandafir must wear a rose design of some kind on either a cheek or on the neck. This design takes the form of a tattoo and cannot be removed from the Trandafir in any way. Available racial abilities, curse, silver tongue, 
sense deception. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to Rule the Game. I've been your host, Anna McDermott. Stay safe, get good, and don't be a slob. <laughs>